Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Climb Chronicles. I'm Pasha and if this is your first time tuning in, I've built this platform as a way to share backstories and knowledge to some of the most innovative startup companies that I've come across. We've got a very exciting episode for you guys today as we're sat down with Fatima, who's also known as The Bakeress, and she's going to be giving us an insight into how she established her own baking company from training as a pastry chef in London. So thank you for joining us today. I'm glad we finally got down to arranging this because I was like, yeah. we're never going to get there. I know, I know what you mean, but it's good that you've um, managed to find some time in your schedule. So we're really appreciative of no, that. Thank you. And we're thank really you. looking forward to getting some insight. So yeah, you mentioned earlier about your start of the new year and how things are, you know, getting quite in, into the pace of things for you. So have you got a lot of orders coming through? this quarter not as many larger cakes because there's not as many large parties mm. or there's not supposed to be anyway but uh, with smaller cakes and smaller occasions we have been fairly busy but to be honest with you because um we're so busy during christmas and new year's it's actually nice to have more of a manageable working time yeah so i can imagine like christmas and new year's was so busy for you uh, are, are those like the busiest periods yourself or like is it steadily throughout the year that you get orders that kind of thing because I can imagine how lockdown and quarantine it could have affected you but also it could have actually increased your orders because a lot of people are now having home parties that kind of thing the every time a lockdown is announced always tier four tier five um everyone panic cancels like oh my god we're not going to have vacation but then yeah. they always end up reordering because they realize okay it's not as bad as we thought it would be we can do something at home we can do a quiet one um, and then there's people at home that are bored and when you're bored you end up eating loads anyway so <laughs> they end up ordering cake I don't just sell celebratory cakes I sell cookies and brownies and stuff so people pick stuff like that up as well yeah just so is, it, is it sweet treats that you're currently making at the moment then yeah yeah just sweet mm, okay fantastic. just sweet, yeah. and how did you actually get into the baking business like have you always been interested in baking in itself and cooking that kind of thing like ever since i was a little girl i'd sit there in the kitchen watching my mom cook really? it just honestly just inspired me how someone can get a few ingredients together and make something out of it and make it look beautiful and taste amazing yeah so is that um what you what you studied at university and Oh, or did you do something? Uh, not at first, yeah. My degree was actually in biomedical science, so I did complementary therapies, mm. um, which was not related to what I'm doing now at all. Uh, but I think back then, I just wanted a degree, to be honest with you. I just wanted to prove to myself that I can um, achieve something, I can study and stuff, because I was always, I've, I've, I'm dyslexic, so mm-hmm. I was always told that I can't achieve anything. So I think with a degree, I did it so I can prove to myself that I can do it. It wasn't just any degree either, it was a really difficult degree, biomed science, like that's crazy. I don't know, when you, when you put your head to it, you get through it. Mm-hmm. And also, I love uni life, to be honest with you, because I think um, it's a part of life that you'll never get back. So I miss them days, to be honest. And then after that, I did uh, my master's in food and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I studied to become a pastry chef. And how long ago did you did you start your business? Why don't you tell us all about the name, uh, the inspiration behind the name and um, how you actually started and how it all came about? 
been I think it's been about 13 years now mm-hmm. so 13 years ago obviously there was no Instagram um, it was all literally word of mouth that's mm-hmm. what you're relying on yeah. um, and it wasn't where I had this big launch party or I had this idea that I'm gonna build a business I was literally baking for the family all the time because I'm from my immediate family is just me mom and dad but I've got a large extended family so we always had occasions and stuff mm-hmm. so I'd be baking or making desserts or make, cooking is where my passion lied always I think I was making so many wedding cakes that some one person and I can't remember who probably ended up paying me for it person I probably said oh do you mind paying me and they probably paid me and then that's how it kind of gradually started um otherwise I didn't launch a business and then it was so natural and whilst working for myself I also worked for other bakeries built my knowledge um and then eventually once I got busy enough to leave other companies I um pursued so it's really exactly. how you managed to get off the ground way back then when social media wasn't even a thing. So I think that really does separate like the like certain businesses or the best businesses in terms of catering from the rest. So it's fantastic how you've, you've come so far. And you also mentioned there that you started off working with other bakeries. Uh, I think it was, did you mention it was Hummingbird Bakery? That you yeah, I've worked for Humbird. Um, I worked there for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at Condita and Cook for, as a cake decorator for a while. Um, and I feel like I'm so glad I worked at these companies before I started. Well, I, I was already working for myself, but not as busy. It was like a sideline. Um, so I'm so glad I got that knowledge and I got that experience of working under pressure because you know how Hummingbird is. There's long lines outside sometimes um yeah for the cupcakes and stuff so you've got work super fast so now when i have to work under pressure yes it's pressure but i don't panic because yeah. i've been there yeah so it all it all comes natural to you now because you're, you're used to that and i think um like they say pressure makes diamonds so i mean yes. from, from all your situations <laughs> there and did you were you doing all of this at the same time as studying or did you graduate first and then work for Hummingbird? So I worked for Hummingbird whilst I was becoming a pastry chef. Okay and how did you actually manage to balance the two because I can imagine um, going going in into the kitchen trying to do all of that as well as learning how to like becoming satisfied that kind of thing must have been quite difficult. It was difficult but I've always like to stay busy in my life I've never liked a period where I'm just doing one thing I I'm always trying to prove to myself that it's okay I can do it it's okay I can do it and somehow with a lot of effort and hard work and sweat and uh, tears I've managed to get through it so um, I think it was also Hummingbird was a bit of a break from studying as well so I'd study and then at Hummingbird I think I would more than a job I was taking it as something I enjoyed yeah yeah and that's how you know um it's very it's quite rare how people make their you know absolute passions into the main things that they do and it's really cool how you manage to to transform that into your everyday life now and um Thank you, yeah you're welcome and do you, did you actually see yourself doing this full-time all the time ever since you know you were were studying no not at all no um when I first started 
um, I got a lot of slack from a lot of people saying, you know, you're, you've educated yourself, you've got a degree, why would you be working from home? Why have you decided to leave your job? Um, they didn't get it. They didn't get it because there weren't, there weren't many entrepreneurs in the sense of small businesses, like home businesses um, or food related. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, you'd be, you know, you'd have a big restaurant or you've ha- you'd have a big business. Yeah. Um, so people didn't get the concept of it. Um, which sometimes got me quite down, but I'm so glad I just pursued it, to be honest with you. I didn't know where I was heading, but I pursued it. Um, back then, there weren't any bakers about or home businesses. Um, so I didn't have much competition. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a competitive person at all, <laughs> like at all. Um, so, which is not always a great thing because I want to push myself all the time so I, I do need that little bit of a competitive streak so um now I think because of Instagram it's given so many people an opportunity to become entrepreneurs and uh, open their own small business and if you've got a passion in something you can always try it because you've got that free platform to do it mm-hmm. um which is amazing so now when I see small businesses I I admire them think you know what this is the time if you want a small business this is the time to do it because 13 years ago, it was a struggle to get your name out there. The first thing you mentioned there, saying that a lot of people didn't understand the why behind what you did, what you did. And it's such a common thing to hear, um, especially, I think, in, in an ethnic minority community. People just see, you know, a very educated uh, person and expect them to go down the traditional route. But it's great how you manage to really listen to what you're doing and, and the fact that you you took that opportunity and that chance and especially like you mentioned you had you kind of had a monopoly at the time for for bakers and um over time gradually that the, the power of that kind of wore off but like you said instagram is a really useful platform for providing a space for a lot of people so i for one i'm really glad that you you didn't listen to those people telling you uh, otherwise and I think it's, again, really learning and knowing, knowing about what you like to do and what you want to do. And also being, I agree. And being very, um, I think being very wise in your choice as well, because it's not like you just quit everything and just decided to do something. You were quite, um, I would say, purposeful. You did further education for, for baking and your pastry chef studies there. And then you worked for Hummingbird, which is quite established. So it's great that you had a plan. And it's not like you um, you just did it on a whim. So again, it just proves that passion wins over everything. In terms of like the bakeress and, and the name and the business, how do you actually see yourself being different to the other Instagram businesses out there, the catering businesses? Because there are a lot and I can see how it would be quite difficult to establish yourself. So do you have any like tips or tricks for those who are trying to set themselves apart from the rest? I didn't. See, I didn't sit there and think of a name for myself or anything like that. I was literally, when I was baking years ago, people just, I think someone just started calling me the bakeress and it, it just happened where people started calling me the bakeress. So eventually when I had to register the company and stuff, it was natural for me to just give that name. You're asking me how to be different from other bakers. I'm so comfortable in what I've been doing yeah that I don't worry about people around me too much I love that. so if you're constantly going to be thinking and Instagram is there it's literally like a free magazine we're literally um, scrolling all day um, mm. we're going to see 
competition we're going to see other people doing the same thing things as us we're going to see people copying us because there's going to be copycats there's nothing you can do about it that is the sad reality so you will have to just put your foot down and work hard do what you do and silently just carry on doing it yeah exactly and it's like let the best man win kind of thing and like a racehorse you kind of put your blinkers on if your product's not amazing and you're just doing it for fame or popularity eventually that will die down yeah i think it's because people can see right through that and like you said it separates the best businesses from the mediocre when you actually have a purpose exactly. So exactly. I, can really, I can really see that through your work and off the back of that actually uh you have your own youtube channel as well uh, and i flipped through it and honestly the cravings like one minute i think i'm fine i'm not hungry and then i just was, I was watching your videos the other day i'm like wow i could really do with some cookie dough right now does like creating content come naturally to you or you're a natural behind the camera is that what you, you see yourself doing and do you actually manage your youtube channel by yourself i'm not natural at all you'll see in my youtube videos if you watch them fully i giggle a hell of a lot but i think a little bit more of nerves kicking when i am being filmed and stuff mm-hmm. um and but i do think that you've got to tr- when you start a youtube channel or in whatever field you're doing whether that's makeup or baking or anything right um i think you've got to, one thing which is important you've got to be yourself if you try and put on a front and then you make mistakes those mistakes will show up so if you're yourself and you make mistakes um i think people are more accepting because i think oh that's just her she's just human um it's okay to make mistakes was once you're putting on performance and then you make a mistake, you've got to kind of edit too much and you're stressing too much about, oh my God, what are people going to think? Um, so the best thing is authenticity, be yourself um, and that people will accept you. Yeah, and I, I believe that's the, the golden ticket into creating that trust between you and your, your customer and your audience is to just show that natural side of things because I myself even when I'm editing like the show and the podcast clip I always like I'm, I'm such a perfectionist that it'd take me forever to try and edit something at the beginning but now it's just like I, I try to just roll with my natural quirks and again it's just keeping those those little touches and it because in there because it really is what separates you from the rest so yeah, it's quite nice to hear that you you could go through a similar thought process when you're creating your your content there. Your clips are just so natural, and like you said, that's what you're you're aiming you're aiming for. And in terms of what recipes you actually choose to shoot, do you have any favorite ones, or do you have like a strategy as to what you do? As in, do you try and keep the recipes seasonal? See, the thing is, I don't try and keep it seasonal too much. Sometimes I do. Say if it's Christmas, I'll add something, or um, like I did. On Eid, I added an Eid milk recipe. I'll try and do things like that. But because I try and um, what I do is I film them in bulk and then eventually um, they're edited and then I put them up. So I can't always keep it seasonal, sadly. Um, and because of lockdown, I shoot loads um, this year. Or, I mean, I should say last year because we've just started this year. It's literally whatever comes into my mind. Most of the recipes are sweet stuff. But then eventually I'll add in something savoury just to kind of um, shock so people. Said, I think one of the, the tips there for when you're creating content is to create them in bulk and then stagger, stagger them off. So you've got like a big portfolio already ready 
uh, that kind of yes. thing. I don't know if you can remember, but say when you were first starting off, in, purely in, in terms of like volume, can you remember how many orders you were getting standard in a week versus how many you're getting now? Or does it vary quite a bit? Probably when I first started, maybe there was four a week, maybe. Yeah. I can't quite remember. I'm, I'm just giving you a random number, but I'm thinking it must have been something like that. Um, now, on a weekend, on a Saturday, we probably make about 40 kicks. Did you say 40? Yeah, about 40. Sometimes I feel like I don't know how I get through a day. I don't know how we manage to make so many cakes. I feel like we've got little elves kind of coming in at night helping me, but I don't. Because if you saw the state of me, you'd tell that I'd be working. I can't um, imagine how you're managing all of that because 40 cakes on a, on a Saturday, like if you think about it, that's prepping prepping all the ingredients, making the actual cake, and, and they probably come in all different shapes and sizes. Per cake, I don't know how many hours that they spend in an oven, that kind of thing, but it must be insane, and you must have to have loads, like some great time management and organisational skills. I don't know how Yeah, there's a lot of organisation. That's when mum comes in. My mum's very organised as well, um, okay. and she helps me organise. Um, she helps me with a lot of the messages and stuff, the personalisation. Um, so after I've uh, decorate the cakes a lot of times she adds the message on so we she's really creative and artistic so she kind of we work well together as a team mm-hmm. um, sometimes I do an all-nighter baking and stuff it's really difficult to differentiate um, home time and work time when you, your work is at home yeah. you're always answering emails even when you're watching tv you're answering emails um, I don't sleep much anyway because um, my dad is paralyzed, sadly. So I'm up a lot of time sorting him out and changing his position and stuff. So then eventually I thought, you know what? There's no point sleeping in at all because I'm up anyway. So I kind of manage him and then bake what's working because we're all on one floor um, with him, the kitchen and him, so I can manage everything. It certainly does sound like you're superwoman at the moment doing all of that. Honestly, like... I just have to give props to you. But when you're passionate about something, you don't think too much about it. You just do it. I see what you mean. On the more practical side of things, how do you actually manage your inventory? How do you actually do that? Say if you get a couple of orders in and then you get last minute orders too, like how would you actually then make sure that you have all that stock ready and all those ingredients ready in your kitchen? I always order um, a lot of stock because I know that I'm going to get last minute cakes. Pasha, most of my orders are probably last minute. And if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see I post two things all the time, probably every day. Um, a is please give me enough notice for a cake. Honestly, I post it every day. My, my um, audience are probably so bored of me saying the same things. And then B, please don't DM me for orders. Email me instead. So then in regards to ingredients, I always overstock because um, a lot of things I use will stay good for a while. Um, flour, sugar, butter, eggs, I've always got stock. Um, if I don't, I've got uh, uh, good uh, contacts that will deliver to me. It's been difficult in the lockdown and stuff getting ingredients um sometimes we run out but touchwood we've managed to be okay yeah um, i like people to order in advance only because we can plan the cake properly plus i can give more time and effort in that cake if it's a last minute cake i'll take the order but um it does stress us out because it's you know we've now got a whole load of extra work on our plate
but we try our best. Uh, also, another question to ask. I was wondering if you had any advice for female founders in particular, or if you want to share any challenges that you might have come across. Um, challenges, I remember years ago, when I did a lot more wedding cakes, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I get brides booking a consultation, and then um, they would bring their fiancés with them, which is fine because it's nice to go for uh, go to order your wedding cake with your fiance and stuff. But then they discuss the whole cake, and they, and at the end they'd say, "So I'm going to leave you to with my fiance to discuss the price." So yeah. that people presume that if a man talks to me, I will lower my price. Now, back in those days, I I probably did lower my price a lot of times because I felt a little bit intimidated. Unfortunately, I don't even think you'd probably be the first person to encounter something like that because it is... No, not at all. It happens all the time. If I were to advise any female entrepreneurs, especially when they, if it's a new business, don't lower your price. Why would you? Exactly. I think that same principle applies to, say, when you're, when you're in a meeting at work or when you're negotiating a salary, for example, or if you're taking yes. a job and, you, and you're being interviewed, it's so easy to feel intimidated when you do have yes. a more experienced, say, a, a male there talking to you. It's more like learning to stand your ground and not taking no from an answer, no matter who has been sending you the message. It, it is more about knowing your worth and knowing exactly and setting your price and not budging from it you actually touched very lightly on say the corporate environment and female bosses in the corporate environment mm-hmm. do you ever see yourself mm-hmm. going back to working in a corporate environment or have you ever seen mm-hmm. yourself working i've never worked in a corporate environment not in an office job anyway because i've always been the creative type mm-hmm. um, a lot of times when you're dyslexic you do end up um following creative side because you're a bit more of a hands-on person um so office job would not be for me yeah no that makes sense because i find as a creative there's some people that i've spoken to and they were in say finance or in the industry for an x amount of years before they then made the jump right but there's also some creatives who are like that could never be me uh, the way that my mind works I'm too I'm too creative for standard nine to five and sometimes I'm quite jealous to be honest because <laughs> you go to work and five o'clock you leave work and you close the door and you just never have to think of work whilst you're at home whilst there's no closing door sadly when you're your own you know boss or entrepreneur you're literally on the go 24 7 yeah so sometimes I do feel that I wish I could manage my personal life and my professional life but I find it tough and it's one of my weaknesses sadly. And do you actually have anyone working on your team or is it just you at the moment? Mum mum works with me obviously. Uh, My dad, um, sadly he's not physically able but uh, mentally he's very sharp and he's still um, able to talk and stuff so he's always giving me advice. Um, So I always say he's sort of the business advisor of the bakerist um and then i have um a brother and sister that works for me as well they come in the mornings um the bulk of the baking i still do on my own only because i'm a bit of a perfectionist um not to say i don't trust my staff but they're not trained bakers um so i i let them do um more of the manual work or things that i've trained them to do 
Okay. No, that's that definitely sounds like um, an ideal an ideal situation because you you exercise the amount of control that you want, and so you can put your personalized touches into your yeah. Hands. So it's quite cool. It's nice to have a small team, Pasha. It's uh, we all touch would get along very well, um, have a laugh. So it's nice to have a little small team. Absolutely, and it's better to have a, a lean a lean team, I think, because then you you can have more of a rapport with with the individuals there. I'm going to put a little bit of a plug in here because uh, just so that audiences are aware. So um, there is something that I actually mentioned to you a couple of days ago, or even a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was remotely. I don't know if you've had any, if you've actually looked into it at all, but if you are looking for, say, anyone to help with your admin or social media or software development, that kind of thing, there is a Ghanaian-based virtual assistant company which uh, has been doing incredible things in uh, in Ghana at the moment and even for the UK where they match UK businesses or even we've even started doing a lot of outreach in the US right now with Ghanaian-based virtual assistants and the whole idea is to help keep hiring costs low during the pandemic or even in the foreseeable future because a lot of things are now doable online. It A, manages to keep your, your hiring costs low but also you can have loads of different hats that say one virtual assistant can put on so they can help you manage your software development your admin marketing strategies that kind of thing so yeah if, if you guys are interested then check out remotely.co.uk for more information and also if you're if you're interested there first thing as well that offer's always there on the table we can have a chat about that later i remember you telling me about this last time so i've been checking that out as well and i've been um recommending some of my friends with businesses but yeah um, going back going back to uh, the final couple of questions now i mean we've had such mm-hmm. a fantastic fantastic session um but now looking into the future of the bakeress have you ever thought about pivoting your products into anything else you know what i'm a pretty content person and it sounds so boring that i'm not this driven woman that should be have a five-year business plan but i i genuinely i'm so happy with um where I am and I'm so grateful for the customer base that I built um and I love the fact that people trust me with their cakes I do feel when you kind of breach out too too much you end up losing that personal touch and I think that personal touch is what we're all about but right now I'm just um I'm just enjoying the moment I'm just enjoying being part of everyone's celebrations we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow so i think if you have you know a fairly successful business then just appreciate it don't try to you know run before you can walk just go with the flow build a good clientele and um, enjoy it if anything i've learned if i didn't enjoy what i do i don't think i'd be doing you've got to enjoy what you're doing and you've got to enjoy what you're making and if you don't enjoy it how dare you sell it to someone else no I love that ethos and I think you are completely right in saying what you said as in enjoying each moment and 2020 has actually taught us that is to appreciate all the small things and actually the um the the little the little challenges and journeys that you you go through every single day and to look at the bigger picture because I think especially now at this time of the year everyone's there setting goals for themselves setting milestones that they want to hit with their new year's resolutions and that's all well that's all important, but I think what's even more important as an entrepreneur is being quite flexible 
and just rolling with the punches because yeah. with business you can plan so much but I don't think you really know what's even around the corner so I think we're going to go on to the final question for this episode mm-hmm. if you were to host a dinner party with your lovely cakes um, yeah. and you could invite any three guests in the okay. world um dead or alive who would dead you choose or alive. yeah who would you choose and why as in it would it be three including me no a, an additional three guests this is it now i'm regretting not reading your questions properly when you sent them to me a few days ago <laughs> this is a surprise question because i don't remember reading this at all i think i'd invite you because you'd have a lot to say i love that so if, if people were kind of having a heated discussion i think you i think your voice would calm them down um my mum because we'd need things organized okay so i wouldn't be able to organize the dinner without my mum being there so she would be there obviously so kasha mum um who else do i like in the world that's dead or alive um oh my god you know um are you allowed character are you allowed to say characters that don't really exist villanelle in the killing eve it's just fun watching her so it'd be fun to have someone like that there just to see how the evening goes okay amazing let me well i'm gonna so now you're gonna go and watch now yeah. you're gonna go and watch villanelle just to see what was fame talking about and like, why does she want their dinner um oh. but she's just so sassy that you'd want to spend the evening having dinner especially because you're giving your third and most prized spot away to a fictional character i'm definitely gonna have to give that show a go now because it's got rave reviews from you thank you so much Fatima for being on the show with me today we're looking forward to hearing all about your future plans and seeing all of the delicious recipes that you've got coming out there on the YouTube channel and your Instagram but yeah speak to you very soon thank you Fasha you look after yourself and I will speak to you very soon